Hello everyone, this is Frank Riker. And this is Darren Sands. And this is the Slaughterland Podcast. Darren, how are you? I'm good today. I'm good. I'm I'm kind of I've had my fill of movies this week. Me and my wife have been watching some Academy movies and this caliber out there this year is not too great. So it was good to kind of break off and, and watch two or three of these uh of these 80s movies that we're going to talk about today. And, you know, and unfortunately, the way the situation is in the world, there's really not much to do but stay at home and reminisce and look back at some movies. Yeah, no, we're still we're in full lockdown here in the UK now as of last Monday. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's quite annoying. We can't get out and do anything. Everywhere is shut. Everywhere is shut. Um, people got to work from home. and But the good thing is that the... the vaccination's getting out there now so hopefully you know sort of maybe march yeah maybe march we'll be able to start getting back to normal instead of look at the flowers bloom you can go out there and smell them yeah yeah well i look forward to that (laughs) and yourself what have you been up to this week uh you know just uh, working taking care of the youngins same thing as you i ordered some movies i got a you know blind fury on a blu-ray that just got released with some extra footage that's a great film Oh, we, we should probably do it later, you know, way later. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, also, I got coming in the mail, uh, should arrive tomorrow, the uh, Buried Alive with Tim Matheson, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, okay. Frank Darabont directing. It was a TV-made horror movie that's just absolutely fantastic. Oh, really? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think I've heard of that one. I remember it because we had a channel over here called the USA Network, still do. Actually, it's called Paramount now. I remember it's one of those movies that you weren't supposed to watch, you know, nine o'clock, eight, ten o'clock at night as a kid. Oh, and uh, the sheriff in it is uh, Buddy Cuffer or Hoy Angston, one of the same person. <laughs> the dad from Gremlins. Uh, he's the. Oh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Buddy Cuffer. Yeah, you know, so it's a basically a tale about revenge. Basically, gets killed uh, on purpose, you know. Uh, his wife and uh, her doctor, you know, but he, they mismanage, I guess, the serum or the amount of poison they were supposed to give him, and he winds up uh, being buried alive, technically, and comes back and gets his revenge. One of those movies from your childhood you have to have, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I like the concept. Yeah. Yeah, and just a reminder again, folks, that um, if you want to reach out to us in any way, um, a lot of people have over the last uh, few months. Um, you can reach us at the the Slaughtered Lamb Movie Podcast uh, Facebook group. Uh, just search for it on Facebook. Um, request a entry, and we'll let you in. Uh, we've got a nice community growing there. But also, you can um, you can reach out to us via email as well, which is TSL Movie Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so it'd be good to hear from from people. We welcome all types of feedback and suggestions, um, good or bad. be great to hear from you. Well, actually, one of those suggestions is on our list today. So we're actually going to be talking about a man that can find the end of a circle. A man who can make blood bleed. A man, when he uppercuts a horse, makes a giraffe. You enter his name in your GPS, and the GPS says, behind you. His tears can cure diseases, but he never cries. And this is a man as well who died 20 years ago, but uh, death just hasn't built up the courage to tell him yet. 
he can get women into bed quicker than Tom Atkins' mustache. <laughs> That's quick. <laughs> that, that, that is something. And, of course, we're talking about the one, the only, the living legend himself, Mr. Chuck Norris. Who doesn't like Chuck Norris? Show me a person and exile him off the planet. So why why is it you think that he was so popular? I think it had to do that he, he knew his, his his karate, his martial arts. Uh, certainly Texas Chain, uh, Texas Chain, Saul Walker, uh, Texas, <laughs> uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Actually, you know, I think uh, everyone watched. I mean, my grandparents loved that show. You know, I think he was just a cool, suave guy. You know, he was he he was certainly somebody who was secure about himself. I mean, mean, what do you think? Well, I've watched um, three of his movies this week. Um, All of them I've seen before. And I was trying to put my finger on what the what the appeal was for Chuck Norris, because he never kind of quite met the dizzy heights of a Stallone or a Schwarzenegger. Um, He was always kind of second fiddle to those guys or third fiddle even. But I think that watching him, I actually believe that out of three, he's quite possibly the best actor of the three. I know Stallone has his moments and can go off and do, you know, when he really puts his mind to it, can do the likes of Rocky Balboa and Copland and and things like that where he puts in a, a, a decent performance. But in terms of that kind of meathead action role, Chuck probably is... Uh, I guess the more watchable of um, in ter- well, just in terms of his performance. Do you think he makes it look easy? I think he does. And you know, I started with watching um, Invasion USA. Now, to me, that's one of his worst performances. He's so one note in that film. He never smiles. He never flinches. He's just kind of this indestructible dude uh, in double fucking denim throughout the whole thing. You know, he's got his jeans on, a pair of brown cowboy boots, and a denim shirt um, with a couple of Uzis under each armpit. <laughs> <laughs> and the poster just screams 80s action, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely does. And it's directed by um, Joseph Zito, who'd done um, Friday the 13th Part 4, or the final chapter just before that. Um, and also he did, I believe he did, I think he did The Prowler as well. But what I, what I always also figured watching these movies is there's a kind of pattern that with a Chuck Norris film, and and one of the one of the common tropes with him is that he's somebody that's in a kind of you know a sort of either high ranking position or an expert in a field who's had enough and retired. Something happens and he needs to be called back to deal with it, um, and that's certainly the case with Invasion USA, and it's certainly the case with Delta Force as well. But what I also lo- what I also recognised as well was that he had these kind of macho names for all of his characters, uh, and none more than Matt Hunter, um, who is an ex CIA agent that he plays in, in Invasion USA. But also it, to introduce these characters, they always give you some ridiculous scenario to to show you know show you how how manly they are, 
And, and with Invasion USA, the opening scene has him re- wrestling an alligator. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. In the Everglades. <laughs> Full blown Dundee, huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's wrestling a gator, and uh, and the uh, his 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 past boss turns up to try and get him back into uh, into the business to to help track down a, a terrorist who who he let live a few years ago. The film's got some scale to it. It's, it was produced by Canon um, in 1985, I think it was. 85, yeah, because I think it was the movie that Joseph Zito did after Friday the 13th. There's some action set pieces that, that go through, and we're back in the shopping mall again here. There's a great chase sequence uh, through a shopping mall. No one's um, blue, though. <laughs> nobody's blue this time. Uh, and they cause a lot more carnage than they did in Dawn of the Dead. But yeah, and and you can quite clearly see as well that Chuck did a lot of his own stunts. There's a there's a scene when he's hanging off the side of a pickup truck, being th- you know driven through a shopping uh, mall, and you can clearly you know this is before the days of CGI and uh, and good wigs and beards and things like that that, that people would stick on. You can clearly see that it's Chuck doing this stuff. And a little research I did on the web found that yeah, a lot of the stuff he did do for real. So yeah, so Invasion USA for me was um it's a little stupid. The whole premise is a bit stupid with this with the terrorist um bringing in all these mercenaries into into America on on like World War 2 boats to try and you know, and there literally is only about 50 of them in total. But yet they give you the impression that they've taken over the whole fucking state. Like a red dawn. Yeah, almost like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so there was a few things that uh, what, the first thing was the obviously the 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 name Matt Hunter. First scene um, is him wrestling an alligator, and also I love the way that he dispatches the bad the, the, the bad guy at the end as well, which is uh, he blows him through a building on a rocket <laughs> at the end of a rocket launch. <laughs> we which had that in our to- clip, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's also quite one of the things that, you know, we don't see much of these days is is casual nudity. A casual sex scenes and casual nudity which, you know, I I, I get why they're not in in movies as much as they used to be, but this has it throughout, you know. Um no one bats an eyelid and it just reminds you what a fun 80s movie it is. It's funny that you mention a movie like that because the movie on my list, uh I I watched Hellbound 1994 uh also uh from Canon Films now we're probably going to see a pattern here he must have been on a contract with oh, Jesus um you know it, actually for to Canon's credit they produced some pretty good movies during its during its lifetime yeah and they, they also produced opera- some pretty shit, fucking awful too. ones yeah. <laughs> shit that we're talking about constantly yeah. uh, so the deal was deal with this movie is that Satan's emissary is trying to release him. He's kind of like acting as his son and releasing his father, kind of like Prince of Darkness, you know, the John Carpenter movie. So we see it's back in the crusadable time, the crusade time, you know, medieval time. Richard the first is coming in to stop this guy from releasing Satan. And he does. He's a, he's a, a big fucker of a guy. Uh, but he, he he's he's got this balding head, but this long hair, kind of like a, you know an old '60s rocker that doesn't know when to retire. Who Chuck uh, does? 
no, the no, the demon. <laughs> ah, all right, okay. <laughs> Chuck doesn't go bald. <laughs> so this demon is is trying to kill what he calls the prince, which you have to sacrifice royal bloodline in order to release Satan. And King Richard stops him, and they put him in a coffin, and they take these four golden daggers, and that's how they lock the coffin because he can't get out. And then he winds up, uh, King Richard winds up cutting up the, the scepter that was used for the ritual into nine different pieces, and it's sent out to all the holiest parts of the land in the world. Fast forward to the 1950s, some grave robbers release the emissary, release the spawn of Satan, and they wind up getting killed. Now, present day, what is the first thing the son of Satan does? Get laid. <laughs> he's in a hotel you know he just got his jollies ro- uh, rocked off uh, and uh, it seemed like the hookers had a pretty good time doing it um, and winds up getting uh, after she's taken a shower and everything you know he finds a piece of the scepter someone in dealing in antiquities gives him a piece this is and this is quite high concept for a Chuck Norris film. It is. It is. The rabbi that gave him the piece, the one who was selling him this piece, found uh gave him a fake and tried to stab him. Because he knew that he was the son of the devil, the emissary. Well, that doesn't last too long. Um the <laughs> rabbi gets his heart pulled out by the emissary, and uh this is where we meet Chuck for the first time. Now his name in the movie is Frank Shatter. Shatter? Shatter. S-H-A-T-T-E-R. Shatter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that could mean two different things. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I thought you said Shatner at first. I was yeah. thinking, well, that's okay. But uh, Shatter. Yeah, like I shat myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the least of his most manly names. Shatter. So... We knew how tough Chuck was in this movie because he stopped a pimp from uh, beating up his, you know, his, his prostitute, his, his girl, and said, go ahead and punch me. I'll give you a free one. And he, the guy punches him, and he says, you call that a punch? This is a punch. And he punches him <laughs> like right over the top of a car. Well, over the top of a car. Over the top of a car. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this right. So with all this kind of demonic stuff going on, this sort of, you know, fantasy, these fantasy elements, Chuck doesn't have any sort of, you know, additional powers or anything like that. No. He's, he's just average, Chuck average punching Chuck. someone over the top of a car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and taking a punch. He took a punch, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the way they get involved, and when I thought about this movie and I watched it, I said this was a ripoff of 48 Hours because Chuck Norris is Nick Nolte and his partner, who is Calvin Jackson, played by Calvin Levels, is Eddie Murphy, but with dreads. And oh, really? they, have, yeah, they have this back and forth banter of, in, you know, comic relief throughout the whole movie. Um, so. They go up there and investigate the rabbi being thrown out the window, and Chuck gets thrown by the emissary, and the guy disappears. 
So Chuck is hell-bent on finding this guy, which leads him to Israel. They're all going to go to Israel to find this guy. And one of the weirdest fucking parts of this whole movie is following a, a, a kid who steals wallets and asking him for directions, meeting up with uh, a professor named, uh, I mean, Shira Wilson, who plays Leslie, which is his co-star on Tex- Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, also, oh, so was that guess, was Walker before this or after? During. Is, okay. So helping a friend out. You know, just to make a long story short, we can all know where this where this goes. Chuck saves the day, but you know, there's not a lot of kicking. There's not a lot of punching. Not even at the end because Chuck's getting thrown. That's all this guy. You know, if Satan's son were to come up, try to beat the shit out of us. It wouldn't be such a hard thing to do because all he does is throw you back and forth. <laughs> and he teleports. <laughs> but when he gets pissed, you know, he his eyes turn into like goat eyes, this this demon. You know, and he gets a real deep voice. <laughs> I, have to, I don't know why I've never watched this film. <laughs> I do remember it being like, isn't the cover him like... You know, doing his usual pose with a load of lightning in the background or something like that. It's it's like very orange, and he's holding a gun. Oh, okay. This is no. No, I think I'm thinking of the hero and the terror. Yeah, um, it's a, he's it's the same. It's almost like the same uh, poster for a Hitman. If you remember Hitman, yeah, he yeah, did, yeah. Which is not yeah. a bad film. Yeah. Um, you enjoy it though, because I kind of you put me off. Yeah, well, <laughs> you liked it, you know. And what you watch it because it's Chuck, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you realize halfway through, you're like, "Why the fuck am I watching?" This? <laughs> oh, right, because it's Chuck. So is Chuck's- it kind of? Is it like the end of days? Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, or you could do it as part of uh, the Omen Three. Okay, you, know, you could put it like in in, in that type of uh, context, um, but. Chuck winds up, you know, killing this guy, you know, not with a couple of roundhouse kicks, which his roundhouse kicks are pretty powerful. They could even knock, you know, the wind out of the son of Satan, for Christ's sakes. He winds up killing him with his own scepter. And that's how, you know, in one of those, you know how in the movies where something appears human and then when yeah. they wind up dying, they turn into something completely different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, or yeah, no, like yeah. a monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it, this this monster, uh, this this demon goes from human like form to almost like an alien from the alien from Bad Taste, you know, with horns. <laughs> and uh, you know, Chuck saves the day. He's gone. And you know? and had you seen this movie before? You decided no, to choose it for. I just I choose to watch it because of our our, our main theme of our podcast is kind of mostly horror movies. And I'm like, let me watch Hellbound. <laughs> I was aware of this film, but I didn't know the, I didn't know Chuck had dabbled in this genre. You know, he dabbled kind in of, the satanic uh, movies. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm like the idea of Chuck jumping it's, genres like this. If you were to watch it, you would say, "Oh, this is definitely a 48 Hours ripoff." Definitely, you know, uh, him, you know, pulling, you know, jokes on his partner, and, you know. Going to Israel, you know, but thinking he has the power of the Chicago Police Department behind him in Israel, you know. <laughs> and there's not a lot of fighting except for the beginning and at the end. That's it. Other than that, it's him investigating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's it's not it's not 
Chuck worthiness. But it's Chuck. It sounds like a real mishmash. Oh, wow. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, forgot about that. And Jesus pops up now and then. Just standing oh, really? there. Just standing there. Oh, okay. There. As he does. <laughs> yeah, he just, just, all of a sudden, he'll, he'll watch, you know, Chuck and his partner get into a, a car. And that's all you see is just him staring. <laughs> Looks like he's chewing just tobacco or something. Some bloke with a beard yeah. and long hair. And he's, yeah, and he's got the white robes. Oh, okay. He's just, just watching like a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> just watching him. Oh, there's Jesus again, watching him get into the car. Oh, there's Jesus watching him, uh, you know, get a get a falafel. You know, it's just. <laughs> so that's Hellbound 1994. If you guys want to watch Excellent. it, go right ahead. All right, you recommend? You re- <laughs> not recommend. I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether Frank's recommending that or not. But in terms of in terms of uh, versus other Chuck Norris films, it, where would it rank? Somewhere? I mean, love, we don't like to do love. rankings, but it's love. it's not one of his better movies. No, I would probably pick Invasion USA versus uh, Hellbound. Yeah, yeah. You know, if the interesting, I don't think the have they have they made a Chuck collection. Oh, there's all sorts of DVD box sets of different. Depends which movie company it is, but they've all kind of they, a lot. A lot of his movies are bundled together. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure this one, this one isn't any one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you for for taking a stab at something you were uh, you know you hadn't seen before. Whereas I picked three movies I had seen before. Probably the you know the cop out, and probably three of his best as well. Um, but yeah, so the next one I watched, which was has always been a favourite of mine, and I could do a whole episode on this because I just find it fascinating that he's in this film. Um, one I found fascinating is the director, which is Menachem Golem, who was the um, uh, one half of the Golem Globus partnership, uh, and who really didn't have much of a track record for Hollywood blockbuster movies or anything like that. But, you know... This movie um, almost sunk canon because of the budget that they that they had on it. I think there was this, and there was Superman Four, which um, they kind of and Masters of the Universe as well, which they sort of bit off more than they could chew with. Um, and it's Delta Force. Um, Chuck Norris classic. plays a, a oh, an absolute classic. And for me, Delta Force is it's not a Chuck Norris film for me. It's 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 kind of like one of those seventies disaster films that you used to get, like like the Towering Inferno, like um, Earthquake, like um, Poseidon Side Adventure, Adventure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Airport, all the Airport movies of the seventies, um, and it's kind of loosely based on a on a on a true incident that happened a year or two before. Uh, whereas the the Delta Force, they they kind of bundled a rescue operation uh, with a. It was a hostage situation, uh, and the the terrorists ended up kind of shooting a, I think a, a, a U.S. citizen or a marine or something, and throwing him out onto the tarmac. And the whole operation went disastrously wrong, and and you know there was there was all sorts of controversy about it at the time. But what Menachem Golan wanted to do was take that scenario and make out that their operation was a success. Um, and he had the guy who formed the Delta Force as a consultant on board for this movie. And when he heard that they wanted to kind of rewrite history, this chap kind of just told them to go fuck off. You're not doing that. You know, this is one of our darkest hours. We're not going to glamorize it in any way. Uh, and so they didn't get that cooperation with the actual Delta Force. But what they did get was one of the biggest casts 
you will see in a in an 80s movie um not only did they have chuck norris as scotty mccoy and just for (laughs) (laughs) scotty mccoy um which is kind of like the most scottish name you could probably think of but um also on the he, Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotty. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they, they also, I mean, his opening scene as well is he's, he's rescuing one of his, co- one of his comrades uh, from a burning uh, jet or something with, where, where a, the truck in the back of it has fallen on him. He's lifting up a truck to get the guy's legs out from underneath it. So that's, that's his kind of macho introduction to the movie. But as always, he then resigns and... Um, you know, goes back to live on his ranch and then a disaster happens, which they need him to help out. Um, and he's brought back. Um, but this time he kind of comes back of his own accord. He doesn't actually get begged to come back. Um, but what you've got is you've got, um, uh, Lee Marvin who plays his, his captain in the Delta force, um, who replaced, and I haven't got to the bottom of this. When the posters, and you can see these on the internet, when the posters first came out for the movie, I believe when it was in production, so they were probably like an AFI poster or a, oh, sorry, not an AFI, an, an AFM poster or a Can poster or something like that. Um, Charles Bronson was on the poster. Mm. He was going to play the original um, uh, Lee Marvin, well, the role that Lee Marvin uh, took in the end. But not only have you got those two stars... You have four Oscar winners in total in this movie. So you have Lee Marvin as one, Martin Balsam from uh, Taking a Pelham 123 and um, Death Wish 3. Uh, you've got Shelley Winters, Oscar winner. Uh, and you've also got, who else? Have we got? Oh, George Kennedy as well. Mm. And George Kennedy, going back to where he's, the territory he's most familiar with, because he was the kind of one of the heroes of all the airport films of the 70s. This time he's a passenger on the plane, uh, playing a priest. And also you've got two Oscar nominees in the cast as well. Robert Forster, who plays the lead terrorist, who Robert Forster you might recognise from a lot of Tarantino movies, and also Robert Vaughan, who plays like the Defence Secretary or something. A huge cast. And that's what really appealed to me about this film is what it's, it's an ensemble. It's not really a Chuck Norris movie. It's an ensemble piece. It's actually really a, quite an upsetting movie and quite touching in parts as well. It involves um, it's like the terrorist dozen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, it's it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> with that ensemble. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, do sure, Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking along the lines of. You know those 70s disaster movies that all had yeah, those big stars yeah. in them that were all the victims? and Especially Tower Inferno, uh, Inferno like you said. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, but yeah, the terrorists, terrorists take over this plane and they single out all the Jewish um, gentlemen on the plane by a really kind of sickening way of doing it. Uh, they get beaten and um, the Delta Force then are called in to, to infiltrate the, the, the plane uh, and free them all. But just as they're about to do that, they bring on more terrorists... And so the terror, the, the plane is just full of terrorists. And they take all the victims over to another location. The, the Delta Force then have to track them to another location and rescue them. And there's all sorts of uh, action set pieces, and you know, Chuck on a motorbike firing missiles, and you know, it's just a, it's a really great action movie, and one that you know, through the 80s, it was probably the first 
Um, my mum would always say, have you got anything that we can watch? Have you got anything? You I'd say forever, you know, let's watch the Delta Force, mum. You'll really like it. It's not what you expect. It's not him roundhousing people left, right and centre. It's actually like a disaster movie. And, you know, I did get to show her it one day and um, she absolutely loved it. She thought it was fantastic. I, you know, I... I a man oh, movie. It is a, a real man's movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, it is a real man's movie. And a kick-ass score as well. Alan Silvestri's score in this film, which I didn't realise, but has been used across America for various TV shows and kind of sporting events and things like that. I think the IndyCar or something used the, the, the mm-hmm. theme. Um, those of you who are not aware of it, this is it. Yeah, so the, the score itself, because it was all done uh, uh, on synth, they Alan Silvestri was paid fourteen thousand dollars to to create the score. I think the budget was running pretty tight on the movie, and they couldn't afford a full orchestra. But he came up with this piece of cheese, which I think is fantastic. Not only is it fantastic, I actually managed to get a copy of it a couple of years ago, and I recently went onto Amazon. And they're selling it for £1,200 for the CD. Really? Yeah. I think it's gotten pretty rare. There you go. Uh, Delta Force, for me, is probably my favourite Chuck movie. Do you think Delta Force is his most famous movie? Um, That's a good question, because he was... Wasn't he in one of the Bruce Lee films? Oh, you mean as a, as a lead? Yeah. Oh, God. When they say Chuck Norris, do they think? Do they automatically think? I For mean, besides, me, uh, besides Texas Ranger, of course. I mean, when they say Chuck Norris, do they say Delta Force? Yeah, I think in terms of um, his, just looking at the stats here for for um, for Chuck Norris, uh, his biggest movies are movies that he's not necessarily, you know, that aren't built around him. So The Expendables Two, Dodgeball. Enter the Dragon, but Missing in Action is his highest-grossing movie. The first Missing in Action, where he was then the it, star. He was the star, yeah. And then you got things like Code of Silence, Force of One, The Octagon, Good Guys Wear Black. All these movies that were in the seventies and late seventies and early eighties were far more popular than than Chuck Norris's kind of mid-eighties run of you know the likes of. Invasion USA, Delta Force, Lone Wolf, McQuaid, Firewalker. So yeah, so yeah, he's. Um, I, I do, th- but for me personally, Delta Force is my favorite Chuck movie. Excellent. So next, I have on my list is 1988's Hero and the Terror, uh, also from Canon. Wow. So Chuck Norris stars in this uh, movie. His name is Daniel Bryan. He is a, uh, of course, he's a cop. Because <laughs> he's either a cop or, or someone from the army or a soldier. Uh, they, everyone calls him Hero. Because that's his nickname, Hero. And the reason why they call him Hero is because he took down one of the biggest serial killers in that area at the time. Whose name is Simon Moon. Played by... Uh, Jack O'Halloran. Oh, Nun from Superman 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nun, you know. Uh, and of course, in this movie, he has no speaking lines either. 
because uh, <laughs> you don't hear he doesn't mutter anything. Uh, you know, he doesn't even cough or sneeze. So the reason why Chuck took this guy down, he found him underneath a pier, and in the silliest way, the serial killer uh, Simon slipped off a ladder and knocked himself out, hitting his chin on one of the steps. So now everyone thinks that, you know, Daniel Bryan Chuck knocked him out cold and was able to arrest him. And he's just like, no, that's not really how it happened, but he doesn't tell anybody that. Simon gets locked up, where he eventually escapes, by doing some of the craftiest, uh, one of the craftiest escape methods he's ever done, is he takes graphite, chapstick, and floss. <laughs> puts the graphite onto the floss with the chapstick as being the adhesive and starts uh, sawing the bars. <laughs> <laughs> People say works, but I've never been in prison to try it. No, no. No, and so he's able to escape and he fakes his own death by falling off you know, a cliff and uh, everyone thinks he's dead. You know, the serial killer's dead. Um, Chuck, in the meantime, you know, while he's... Still facing a little bit of, I guess, post-traumatic syndrome from facing the serial killer, winds up knocking up his therapist. <laughs> <laughs> he believes that Simon is still alive because women are showing up dead at this re uh, this uh, renovated movie theater. And how does Simon kill his victims? Mostly women. Snaps their neck. And throughout this movie, all you see is Jack's hands snap. Snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> you know, he doesn't stab anybody. He just really, it's, he's a hands-on killer. He's a hes a huge guy as well, isn't he? We Jack, yeah. say that, yeah. Yep. yeah. And you know what, from what I understand, one of the nicest guys, because he was a boxer back in the mm. day, a professional boxer. And he, I think his dad was like a big-time um, gangster in New York as well, I yeah. think. He was pretty... Yeah. He, doesn't mention, yeah. he doesn't talk about that a lot, but it, it, but it was. <laughs> And also, there's a special appearance by Billy Drago. Oh, wow. Uh, as people may know, played Frank Nitti from The Untouchables. Well, also Billy Drago, and I forgot to mention this, in the awesome opening scene... Name, right? Yeah, it's a great name. And he's got, he's got the most interesting face as well. Um, kind of looks like... He's got these kind of like rodent-type looks, hasn't he? Skeleton, right? Just, yeah, yeah. And in the opening scenes of, um, of Invasion USA, he gets his cock shot off. Billy... Yeah, the terrorist leader puts his pulls his trousers forward, puts his gun down his the front of his trousers, and blows his cock and balls off. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Just like RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, so he's he plays you know Simon's doctor, and he just and he just basically tells Chuck you know, listen, if he's out there, I still believe he is. He's still out there. You know, if you don't find a body, you know, he's he's still out there. I don't put anything past him. There's there's two things about this movie um, that I like. One that Chuck and Jack are in it. You know, because Jack deserved to have, you know, more of a presence in this movie. Being such a big guy, you know, it's, he, they should have used his, 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 his massive size as part of his strength. Like, pick up a couple people and throw them around, you know, maybe pick somebody up and break their back. You know, but just don't show his hands and just break women's neck all the time you're just like do something perhaps you know? they didn't want him around on set too often so they just use someone else's hands to break the necks you know and one of the one of my favorite after watching this movie 
Jack and Chuck get into the last, into the final fight. Chuck doesn't really do too much karate. He does some street fighting, mostly street fighting. And he winds up getting bloody, you know, and everything, which this movie makes me think that this, this fight is actually authentic and what I like about it. Because it also, in one of the best 80s, uh, I guess, settings that they do is, you remember how, like, in even Lethal Weapon, when there's a fight going on, there's always a helicopter spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, showing everybody the action. Because <clears throat> it, it winds up going on the roof of the, of the theater. And uh, what happens to uh, Simon is that Chuck picks him up, you know, almost like a fireman's carry, on his back and throws him through a, uh, a, a ceiling window. And he falls at least, you know, like seven stories down on some theater seats. <laughs> you know, when I saw that, when you when you land straight on pavement, you're just like, ouch. But seeing <laughs> like you'd land on theater seats or something like that, like an object, you're just like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also what I found out from this movie is two things can harm Chuck. Uh, one, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee can harm Chuck. We know that. And also, the birth of a child can also knock Chuck out. Because in this movie, his child does get born and he faints. <laughs> Chuck faints in this movie with the birth of his kid. That's so, his Achilles heel. Yeah. And you know what? I think he has about seven kids, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I because think... one of them is in Delta Force. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck has, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck does have seven kids. So hearing a baby cry would actually make him faint. <laughs> yeah, but you know that because Chuck Norris can only look, just needs to look at women and they get pregnant. Yeah. Uh, he's just looked at too many women. Because <laughs> yeah. he knows that one's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, was, I, I was laughing at that part. You know, he was all, you know, distraught, like, you know, most men would be in that situation. You know, that he knocked up his therapist, just like a doctor knocking up their patient. You know, uh, you know and then the birth of a child comes and just falls down well i wonder if his children have to go through the same thing that he went through when he got old enough because you know that when chuck norris hit 18 his parents had to move out yes <laughs> <laughs> puberty for him started at birth uh... <laughs> yeah so actually you know here the terror is not a bad movie it's not i just wish there was more jack in it yeah yeah you know cause... oh that's that's interesting you wanted you wanted less Chuck and more Jack? Yeah. I think, you know, if they had more of a... Because just based upon size, Jack could do some damage. Because uh, yeah, I think yeah. he's like 6'8 or something like that. He oh, was, he's huge. He's yeah. huge. And if people remember him from Superman, you know, 78 Superman, he he, did, he, he does play like same simpleton and does and talk. <laughs> Mute. Uh, yeah. and uh, But he um, he's a power... He's, he's a... a a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, yeah. And they should have just used him a little bit more, you know, had some little bit more of a better desk. But like you said, maybe the special effects budget wasn't there for him to do that. Just don't be snapping next. But it's not a bad movie. If you want to see Chuck faint, you know, watch Hero of the Terror. And had you seen this before? No. This, uh, I, I oh, remember but... as a kid a little bit, but I remember the end, but not the beginning. Okay. Because my, my dad was a Chuck Norris fan. Yeah. And the ending to this... Is, is actually pretty good. The fight scenes are actually pretty good. Yeah. Except for being knocked out on the stepladder. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but surviving a 100-foot uh, drop off a cliff in a car, you know, is 
Yeah, that's pretty so, good. Yeah. Good you effort, Chuck. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. <laughs> All right, your last Chuck movie that you watched. The last Chuck Norris, this this one I watched by myself. I'd seen it before a long time ago, probably 83, 84 or something like that. And I watched it back in the early 80s simply because the review of it said that it was very similar in tone and, and some of the set pieces as well to Halloween. And that's a movie called Silent Rage, which we both watched, Frank. Not together, but we both watched it. Yeah, we, we, did, we did sit next to each other and share popcorn. No, no, no. <laughs> Which I've no, I, I don't mind doing that, but we didn't in this case. Um, <laughs> we this this film. Um, I'm indifferent about this film. I kind of it does plagiarize a lot of elements of Halloween, and you do see a kind of a side to Chuck that I don't necessarily want to see again, which is. Chuck falling in love and there's like a fucking two minute romantic montage of Chuck being mushy and <laughs> giggly and walloping around yeah he's like rolling around in a hammock and knocking shit over and just kind of being generally gormless and gooey eyed in the presence of a lady and I was just like, didn't, you know, holding hands. There's a scene with them on the beach, on a balcony. And I was just like, I was just, this, this is uncomfortable for me. I was just like watching my parents getting it on or something. It was and just. And then you're like, you know, we were, Chuck's going to kick her at the end. I know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, Chuck, kick her. There's, there's got to be a donkey punch here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> He slaps her head around or something. Come on, Chuck. <laughs> no, he falls in love with her. It was painful to see that sequence. However, the film itself is a lot different in tone to, Chuck Nor- to, to Chuck's normal uh, fare. Um, this concerns a, 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 a kind of mountain of a guy who's uh, who's got mental health issues who ends up... Um, does he kill his family or something? He, he kills his wife. Like and- I seem like that's a room for rent. It seems mm. like. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it does reminisce Halloween with the opening, you know, of, of him calling his doctor saying, I'm not going to make it because he's on medication. Yeah. yeah. And he winds up killing everyone. Well, just yeah. two people, but the kids survive. But yeah, he winds up killing people with an axe. <laughs> he does it. That's it. With it. And that scene, actually, that, that, that opening sequence is all one take. It's fantastic. It's actually re- really good. It starts in his bedroom where he's losing it. He then moves downstairs. He rings up his his shrink, who's played by Ron Silver, who's kind of doing the sort of Loomis role in this film. Tells him that he's not feeling very well. He doesn't think he'll make it. Then he walks out into the garden, goes into the shed, and we see all this through the kitchen window. The kids are playing around. He then comes out of the shed with an axe, uh, comes into the house starts to take out the woman in the house who I think, like you said, maybe it is, he's kind of a lodger there or something yeah, like that. Yeah. He sticks an axe in her head um, and then goes after the kids, doesn't he? Uh, he? He actually kills the husband too. Oh, that's it. The husband comes yeah. in, doesn't he? And he puts and one of the, the axe weirdest in. fucking kills there because you get hit by an axe, you just don't go, ugh. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. <just fall. laughs> Imagine someone, you know, getting shot and going, oops, you know, and it just, (laughs) (laughs) 
I yeah, it was a bit late. Part. And it was obviously one of those shots where the makeup was on his face before he gets hit. Because he turned around. He turns around uh, to the camera after he gets hit, and it's all, all his head split open. Uh, but, it, it, you know, he then, um, Chuck turns up without a beard this time. Chuck's kind of, you know, just rocking the mustache. And they shoot the guy, don't they, multiple times. Yeah, after Chuck kicks his ass a little bit. Yeah, Chuck uh, kicks his ass a little bit. He gets shot multiple times. He's taken to the hospital, and but Darren, don't forget, he's uh, Chuck's almost shot by Flounder from Animal House. Yeah, I had to I had to Google who Flounder was. I've only seen Animal House maybe once, and I can't I couldn't remember who you were on about. Stephen first. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who's his deputy? Who's this kind of like? Like a fat version of Dewey from Scream. Uh, that's why. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I saw that and I'm like, oh fuck, this is Scream. <laughs> <laughs> and I was gonna be like, fuck this, and shut it right off. But no, it's it it, it moves on from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they're in the hospital, and Ron Silver, his shrink, is there, and there's another kind of sort of suspicious-looking doctor who's. Who starts to experiment on on this this kind of maniac's body with the serum that he uh, uh, squeezed? Ron Silver goes nuts and says, "We can't do this. this. Isn't ethical. We shouldn't be doing it. We shouldn't mess around." His brain and, is fucked up to even try. Yeah, it yeah. And Ron Silver ends up leaving, but yet the guy comes back and puts more of the serum into him, and eventually he wakes up being kind of ten times more powerful than he was before. Um, and so we have our kind of. He's in a kind of light grey, sort of almost white jumpsuit, isn't he? Like a, a, a what do they call them? Coverall. Yeah, yeah, it's coveralls. Um, so what's really weird about him is, and there's a couple, of, and I, I can put these on the Facebook group if anybody wants to see them, but he's not masked. But then again, he doesn't speak or anything like that, barely. Uh, and the way he's moving around, particularly the lighting in, in some of the sequences... The silhouette of him on the wall, you would swear in some sequences it was Michael Myers. Yeah, instead of the they, blues, it was the reds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of blue lighting, we had red lighting with this guy. And, and the, the silhouette work is is interesting. But there's also a whole sequence where he he goes into the house and... I forget whose house it is now. He, uh, Ron Silver's house. Ron Silver's house. Yeah, and, and you get the POV shot of the hand going into the drawer and pulling the butcher knife out and then walking up the stairs. And it is totally ripped off from Halloween. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and in this movie, if you could think about in other, in, the, in other terms of if this was Halloween, let's just say if this was the first Halloween, Dr. Loomis would be his creator and say, you know, I made you, I'm going to protect you. Almost like a sartain kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then Sheriff Brackett would be Chuck Norris of all people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Sheriff Brackett doing a roundhouse, you know, doing a roundhouse kick and going, "Excuse me, Laurie." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn you for letting him go, Chuck. Yeah. No, I have to take care of him. <laughs> but there's a lot of nudity. In this movie. There is. This is a, this is it as well, you know. And, and Chuck doing nude sex scenes as well is a little bit kind of unsavory for me. I just, you know, what I mean, there's too much. There's a few things that upset me, as I said before. The the, the Chuck getting gooey eyed and, and romantic didn't like that. He smiles too much in this film. 
didn't like that at all. He doesn't look right smiling. He just looks right gritting his teeth and stoving someone's head in. That's what, it, that's what I prefer. It's almost like a, like a perv smile, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's enjoying the, 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 the sex scenes too much, I think, in this Well, movie. we also have to tell the, our listeners that the, the girl he's with dumped him first. You know, yes. And took him back right away and went to bed with him right away. The first time yeah, she saw him yeah. again, and quicker than Tom Atkins. Yeah, quicker than power. Tom Atkins. That's power. That's the that's the uh, power of Chuck's sex appeal on women. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and, and don't forget the biker bar. You know where? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know he's kicking everyone's ass uh, with a with a pair of, uh, of you know even some nudity in there with the biker women. Yeah, Again, that's a horrible scene. That's uh, quite a horrible scene, is that, isn't it? There's yeah. not right about that scene. The one thing about this movie is I didn't like Stephen first. I didn't like Stephen first. You know, like you said, the, the, the Officer Dooley type, you know, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it, it, it kind of jars a little bit, doesn't it? I and mean, it's almost like Chuck has a soft spot for him. Bring your child to work day kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and he's like, "Oh, I think you're gonna be a great deputy." He's like, oh, "No, I think that I think that biker chick really liked me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then it ends up going into sort of full-on sort of final guy slasher mode uh, towards the end, uh, and you know, because at this point you already sort of told yourself this is a bit of a rip-off of Halloween. Mm-hmm. You're expecting can't him. die. He can't no, die. No, no, no. He, he just he keeps reheals. Yeah, yeah. He re, he's kind of like got that Wolverine uh, body repair thing going on, um, and you know, there's, there's numerous scenes of him getting like blown up and burnt and drowned and shot and everything. And it's kind of like it escapes me now. How did they get rid of him? They threw him down a well. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, yeah. You, Chuck kind of suplexes him down a fucking well, doesn't he? And the very last shot of the movie, the almost like Carrie-like ending, is of him kind of raising up from the well, isn't it? It's jumping it's, out of the water, but he's stuck. Yeah. There. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> yeah. So the only thing I think would happen is a lot of children would be throwing coins at him. <laughs> you know, making wishes. He'll get out with all those coins, making a mound for him. But no, this film does have a lot of. You know, it's still an enjoyable film. It's it's I would say it's kind of third on my little list, although we don't like to rank things. Um, it's I do have reservations about it because I don't like seeing a, a vulnerable and kind of almost feminine side to Chuck Norris, which I think this comes out a lot in this film. If he were to t- take a shower and put Summer's Eve lotion on his body, would you just say, "No, I'm done"? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think. You know, it stopped short of him sat at a table having a romantic meal, a candlelit meal or something, and that was that would have been it. I'm done. I'm out. You can forget this. If Put someone else of, in it. You know, if fans of Hollow, if they're fans of Halloween listening, they should watch Silent Rage and look at Sheriff Brackett kicking Michael's ass. Yeah. You know, and, this is the closest we've come to reviewing Halloween yet. Yeah. Which we, yeah. Someday we will get to. Perhaps our last ever episode, whenever that is, we'll do Halloween. <laughs> but you know what? When you say this is actually not a bad movie, on Rotten Tomatoes, they rank it 80%. 80%? 80%. 80%. Shit. <laughs> what year was it? 1980. 
1982, uh, two, wasn't it? 1982, yeah. A bad year for movies. Yeah. Yeah, this is 1982. It's not... I mean, wow. Ron Silver is great in it, as Ron Silver usually is in some movies. Yeah. You know, playing that, you know, guy you could... You know, Ron Silver could either be a dick or a guy that you could um, like and would yeah. be able to hang out with. But remember that one part where he's home, he kept on talking about pizza. Are we going to get the pizza? Yeah. Where's the pizza? <laughs> you know, you know, you order the pizza. No, I'm making the pizza. Well, I'm upstairs naked waiting for you. Okay, I'll go get the pizza. You know, <laughs> you know, someone, you know, someone just make this fucking pizza already. Because <laughs> that, that's the whole thing where you see the first, you know, POV was in, you know, that house. And then, oh, it's, it's just fucking kill him already. Well, <laughs> yeah. I do have to admit that in this movie, the, uh, you know, the, the, the murderer does, you know, play with his victims a little bit. It's creepy the way he stalks. Yeah. Him. Yeah. You know, especially the opening scene. You feel. Yeah. That That's a really unsettling not. scene. It's a yeah. really unsettling scene. Like, you um, know, she's going to get it, but, you know, it's taking forever. And that yeah. suspense is there. And also it's that, it's that whole, you know, and we didn't see a lot of this in the, in the early eighties. And I, I really can't, I mean, it must've been done countless times, but um, it didn't really come to prominence until Goodfellas, that one take sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was kind of eight years before that. And it's a great scene. I mean, you know, the way he utilizes space in that scene, being able to keep everybody in frame from this position in the kitchen uh, and you to be able to watch everything unfold and feel really uncomfortable about it. It's a, it's a clever shot. But not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's not Delta no. Horse or, you know, Hellbound. You know, yep. but uh, <laughs> uh, but it's 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 enjoyable. I mean, you could sit through it, you know. And um, you know, that's it. That's our Chuck. That's we, our we, Chuck. You know, we, we wanted Chuck. to we wanted to bring you know some not the usual kind of Chuck movies that people might talk about. I guess Delta Force and Invasion USA possibly are, but you know, a lot of the seventies and eighties movies, early eighties movies, are, are some of his most popular. You know, Force of One and good guys wear black and the octagon that kind of stuff um but we may you know, revisit chuck again right because there's such oh, I think it's, library yeah i think it's, it's well worth it and it's fun as well you know get the more memes going yeah these memes i'm just looking at some now and some of them are fantastic chuck norris doesn't turn on the shower he stares at it until it starts to cry <laughs> <laughs> And also the classic, he doesn't put, do push-ups, he pushes the earth down. Yeah, and Chuck Norris built the hospital that he was born in. Chuck threw a grenade and killed 50 people, and then it exploded. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris died, but he's all right now. Yeah. <laughs> Death doesn't want to go after Chuck in fear of touching him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure people up there can make their own stuff about him. A snake bit me. It died two days later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we hope everybody enjoyed, you know, a little bit of Chuck, you know, on the slaughter lamb here. But, uh, Darren, what we got coming up next? Next week we have, I believe, um, let me get this right. I think it's the Underwater Terrors episode. I believe so. So, and if you know, not, it'll be something different. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's underwater terrors next week, so we need to get watching the likes of Piranha, Jaws, Crawl, Killerfish, Alligator, all this kind of blood beat, anything like that. So if anybody's got any suggestions, then push them through. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do similar things to what we did this week, and maybe select four or five of those kind of you know uh, classic uh, underwater terror movies. And, and then just thrash it out. Have some yeah, fun with them. Absolutely. Maybe Dar- maybe Darren and I will also do the uh, like we did with haunted uh, haunted houses. We picked some of our favorites and talked about them. Go back and yeah, forth. Yeah, for sure. You know, for I sure. think that's because there's there's plenty of underwater terrors. Plenty. Yeah, loads of them. Loads of them. And don't forget again, folks. You can go reach us on TSL Movie Podcast at gmail.com and uh, the Facebook group Slaughtered Lamb Movie Podcast drop us a, um, an invite or whatever it is a request to join on there uh, and we'll let you in to our um, ever expanding community yeah and also I just really want to say that Silent Rage was actually a, a suggestion by one of our listeners and we yes and we put it in with our with our Chuck uh, episode here so we do get to them our thanks to Darren Georgetown for um for requesting Silent Rage. Both of us had seen it before a long, long time ago, uh, and we, we we really enjoyed looking at it. Even though we poked fun at it, it, it certainly, you know, killed 100 minutes and, uh, yeah, gave us a few laughs. Certainly worked with our uh, Chuck Dean today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, everybody, we'll see you soon, and as always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. <laughs>